Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse you. It's a trap! Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell and Hair, and I'm Daniel Pickett. Hi, I'm Jason Lindsay. And we are basking in the afterglow. We are. Of yeah, uh, uh, the, the should be a word for, what's the come down? The Comic-Con come down? <laughs> <laughs> the CCC. CCC. Yeah. yeah, it was it was mental. It was crazy. I think I saw you. I only saw you one day, right? No, I saw you. Pre- Did we see two? Did days? I see you preview night or Thursday night? I don't feel like I saw you preview night at all. I saw you and Abby like exiting. You were talking to a, a friend, and I you introduced me to him, and it was at the end of the day. Uh, so it must have been Thursday, because then the next time I saw yeah. you, you had an appointment. At Entertainment Earth, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's and right. I saw you. When I scared you from the curtain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I saw you coming down the steps. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. God bless that booth. There's an upstairs that you can actually chill out because we've talked about this already, and I've talked about it with several people about how just just how crazy uh, Comic Con has gotten. Um, because some people were like, "Ah, oh, it seems like it's the same." It doesn't feel the same. It feels like if the air conditioning had suddenly gone out on any particular day, there would have been a riot. Well, I feel like this year the air conditioning did go out. This year, it literally, we talked, that was what everyone said. It was so hot in there. It felt like they were were literally trying to sweat out the lightweights and only the hardcore people. And I just, I kept expecting like Sunday, I would have to put like a jacket on. Just like, okay, you made it this far. Will reward you with the air conditioning. Yeah, I, but I remember, you know, feeling, you know, with the exhibitor thing, you, you know, getting in early, how cold it would be when you get in early right. at like nine in the morning, or, you know, on preview night at like, you know, er, earlier before the doors open, how how cool it was, how nice and cool it was, and then it slowly started to kind of warm up. Well, this time it just seemed like it was kind of cool in the morning, and by noon it was just. It was ins- It was really hot in there, and in a weird. It was awful. Yeah, it was. It was bad, and it was weird that um, there seemed. This it must be indicative of how much stuff goes on outside the convention center, where uh, you know there's that constant. You know, from where we were, we're at the Omni, and I forget what floor, but like you could look down, you know, at any time, and it would be like looking at the 405, the freeway, like like the taillights on a freeway. <laughs> Just this yeah. constant, constant, constant flow across those those train tracks and then up to the thing and one i forget was it preview night or thursday night i you know got up in the middle of the night and i kind of couldn't sleep i thought i'll take a look out the window it was like three in the morning and i looked out the window and it was it's it seemed like there was still movement like people were still moving in that pattern and then there were literally hundreds of people up on the sidewalk in front of the doors uh camped out yeah, for yeah. Hall H. Now, I don't mean to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but like that's when I kind of go, something, something bad's going to happen here because I understand the Hall H and the excitement, and you want to be the first. There's got to be a better system than making people camp out all night. God forbid something should 
you know, go wrong if somebody wants to roll some nerd for their wallet or something. Uh, it's just <laughs> well, I think at that point there's there's strength in numbers, you know. Yeah, maybe you never know. It is a line of hundred people. You never know so. what nerds know. Yeah. Um, but it was it was constant, and I just just the exiting the convention center to get over to the Omni on average, and that's a that's a two minute walk if that. On yeah. average, that was fifteen to twenty minutes. Yes, just one way. Uh, just across the street. Just across the street. And it's got to be indicative of all the activity outside of the convention, all the other things that are going on in different places, you know, throughout that area, I would guess. Um, but it just was, it was maddening. And the other thing I noticed, too, I noticed a lot more shoviness from people and from, okay. and from security. Oh. I noticed a lot of... A couple of times where it was like, sir, you got to keep moving. And security kind of shoved a, you know, a guy or whatever in the shoulder. And this one, one time I saw the guy and kind of got shoved. And the guy turned around slowly and was like, are you talking to me? And the guy's <laughs> like, yes, yeah, sir, you got to keep moving. And the guy was like, I am moving. Like, I'm, I'm headed in this direction. I just can't go any faster than I'm going. Yeah. And, and security was like, they get real antsy. And it was like, if, if, if you weren't in a booth doing something, you know, or in a line or something, if you weren't moving, man, they were on you. Like they absolutely, were. it was weird. Like, yeah, you know, just, you know, I got to keep it moving. It's like, well, where, where do you want me to go? You know, there's nowhere to really take a break, <laughs> you know? No. Um, but anyway, all bitchiness aside, did you have a good, did you have a good comic con? Uh, yeah. I can look back at now and go, yeah, that's, that was, that was a fine time, but it was, you know, we were shorthanded for the site. Uh-huh. We were down about, you know, three or four of our normal team. So we were all doing triple duty. And I, if it was not, I, I didn't see anything outside of the con. Okay. Uh, I went to some parties at night, but anything else that was happening, like, you know, all that stuff, like the Constantine Dome or the, Sleepy Hollow Oculus Rift or the Giant Adventure Time Play Park or the none of that. Right. I was I was either in the hall shooting, I was doing a panel, I was covering a panel, I was putting coverage up or I was at an event and that was it. Wow. I saw nothing else. I, uh, and that was very different. I saw year. your um your alien egg blind bag my unboxing. Your unboxing of the alien egg. Uh, I saw that footage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good stuff. I um, I got that was that was four Sigourney Weaver. And you now you got the playset, right? I did. Yeah, I, I I grabbed I grabbed one of those and I grabbed two of the eggs. Okay. Um, I got a clear. I mean, we're not giving anything away at this point. Everybody knows what these you know the variants are. I got a clear uh, alien. Actually, okay. no, I take it back. I got two clear aliens. And then I um, had a buddy that I, I wasn't able to get over for the exchange yep. uh, on Friday at 6, but he was going over because he had a bunch, and he swapped my other alien out for um, uh, Chestburster, okay. John Hurt uh, Chestburster. Yep. So those are the two that I got. Uh, did you end up swapping any, or did you just keep what you... Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't get to go to the swap thing, but, uh, Abby also got four eggs in line. So she got 
two sparkly chest burster guys, uh, another Sigourney in the space suit, <laughs> making three, and then the sparkly alien. Okay. So it was it was the chest burster, the alien, Sigourney in the space suit, and what was the fourth one? Or was that it? Just regular Sigourney. Regular. So. So. But they were they were. It was eight figures, and they were either smoky, sparkly, or clear. Right. Okay, so the so the other Sigourney that wasn't in a spacesuit was was the, just a regular the one wave from one. before. Correct. But, okay, got it. Okay. But either the sparkly stars or the clear. So really, the only the only two new characters are the chestburster and the Sigourney with the with in the spacesuit. Correct. Yes. Which must mean that those are probably coming at some. Yeah, those will be in wave two sometime in the fall. And then there's a. Um, well, we saw we saw on the packaging of the the playset. There's like a, a Dallas in the spacesuit, right? Isn't that one yeah. of the yeah. figures? Correct. Yeah. There's three different spacesuits. There's the the blue, the red, and like kind of the the tannish. Right. Yeah, that was a there was a lot of madness at the Funko booth. Yeah, there just always seems to be a massive, massive line at that booth. Yes. Um, uh, okay, so what we got to hear? Well, first off, I guess we could recap by seeing what your haul was from this year's Comic Con. Oh boy! Or should we go with what are you excited about? Uh, well, that's uh, which do you want? Well, let's go with what you're. Let's 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 not break too much with tradition. Let's go with what you're excited about, and then we'll get into a little bit more of the Comic Con stuff. Okay. Uh, what I'm excited about was actually something at Comic-Con that I saw that uh, is coming probably sometime in fourth quarter, I believe. And that is uh, the good people at Mondo who do all those incredible posters that are very hard to get. Oh, yeah. I've got two of them. Are uh, venturing into the action figure world. Yeah. And they are making a stunning Iron Giant figure that I cannot wait for. Well, they're, they, they, what's interesting, too, is the, the list of topics. The first, I mean, right out of the gate, first off, it's Mondo. You know they're going to be really cool with what they're doing, whether it's just the design, the packaging, whatever it is, because, I mean, there's, I mean, there's not one thing that I've seen from their, their poster work where I've gone, boy, that's a letdown. I mean, I may not go wow, and, and get excited in the same way about every one of them. But every one of them is unique and different in a way that's just sets out, I mean, that, that, that basically fulfills exactly what Mondo has always set out to do, which is the, 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 you know, no pun intended, the art of the movie poster, that right. dying art, let's, let's bring it back and do it. <laughs> you know, if, if we were in charge, here's how we would do it. So if they're going to apply that same science to the toy world. It's just, you know, what are we in store? For? So that what's cool about that is that the titles uh, that were announced were Iron Giant, mm-hmm. um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and but the comic version, the comic version which you love, and yep. um, Alfred Hitchcock, Mister Hitchcock, which is just so like, oh my god, that's so brilliant. Like, yeah. whatever they're gonna do, whether it's super deformed or it's like. Hot toys or whatever. It's it's such a cool idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's just uh, I, I love it. So 
Well, no, they're doing a they're doing a one six scale figure. They had it there. Oh, see, I didn't see it. Oh yeah, they had it there. Uh, it's him. It's got like uh, the clapboard. It's got his director's chair. I think it might actually have a couple of birds too. Oh, that's cool. With, if I remember correctly, if he, if he, you know, I can still admire his work, but boy, the more you hear about that guy, the creepier, the creepier he was uh, as a human. Uh, might be kind of an odd figure to have in the house. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Iron Giant, and Iron Giant is one of those things that just keeps on giving because it's. I mean, I. I don't know what happened to it, but I had a lot of that stuff when it came. Remember, was it Trendmasters? That Trendmasters, yeah, yeah. He did some really, it was the, really nice stuff. That was the best stuff Trendmasters ever did. It really was. I mean, it was dead on, and it was really clever, you know, what they did with it. The packaging was great. Um, I didn't get things like the, the, you know, ginormous, you know, Iron Giants. I didn't yep. get that one, but I got like the medium one. And then I got all the figures because there were ones that like, they did different things. They were magnetic. They came apart. They, you know, blew apart, whatever. The little mini figures they came with. Um, that was such a great, summer, was that summer of 99? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Brad Bird, right? Yep. Such yep. a great, yeah. such a great movie. But one of those movies, it's hard to watch. Like, it's, I love it and it's wonderful and it's, it's great, but it's, it's a tearjerker. It is a tearjerker, but I love it. And the the Mondo figure is going to come with two heads, the sort of, you know, the regular Iron Giant head and the Angry War head. Uh, it's going to have the gun arm. It's got uh, the little dog hand, you know, when his hand is running around by itself. Oh, yeah. And then it's also got a magnet. It comes with a little Hogarth figure that can sit on his shoulder. and But then it's also got a magnet in his chest so you can put the big seafood sign S on his That's chest. That's right. That's what I read. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, that's what because the original ones, the little the little you know mini figures had had were had mag- magnetic bases, and they could sit on his shoulder or in his hand. Right. Yeah, that that was a great line, and they I remember them instantly becoming, you know, expensive on the secondary market. Yeah, they were a tough find. The only one I ever got was the giant one. Okay. Uh, and I still have him, you know, just because he's awesome. But Didn't they do uh, like a bank too, or something, or was it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the big one would actually his head would open up, and he'd eat little cars, and and junk. He'd came with little junk, and you could then open up his back and take it out. Yeah, yeah. He'd like crunch it. I mean, I remember, I remember the the making of. Uh huh. Hosted by Vin Diesel. Oh right! Like, yeah, I yeah. had no idea who this guy was. Yeah. Um, and here he is, all these years later, voicing uh, Groot, which is perfect. Yeah. He was. He was. I would say, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, or I'm off base when I say this. Best performance Vin Diesel's ever given. As which one? As, as Groot. Groot. <laughs> well, I, I would put the Iron Giant up there too, though. That's true. That was a bit more of a stretch. Yeah, but Groot, right up there. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about Guardians because, man, can't get enough of that. All right. Well, then let's talk about what you're excited about before we get to that. Well, I'm excited because I have the greatest wife, and I know this can be disputed by many people, but the greatest wife in the history of mankind for a billion reasons. I uh, probably don't say it enough 
in real life or on the show. Madly in love with her uh, for a billion reasons. It was just my birthday. Um, I'm not a big fan of birthdays as I get older, uh, as I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people uh, feel. Um, but my, as my father says, it beats the alternative. It does beat the alternative. That's true. Uh, she got us tickets for Paul McCartney. So August 10th, Dodger Stadium, we are going to see Sir Paul McCartney in concert. Nice. I am beyond thrilled about, uh, obviously, but to be able to see him with, with Diane, with, with my wife, I think is the best present I could have been given because, I mean, for her, it's kind of like, she's like, well, you know, you know, I, I, I definitely want to see him, but you know, it's about you. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like, I've seen him. And, and if I didn't see him again, it would be okay. It's just a thrill that I get to see him again, because I really do think this may be the last time he does a tour like this. Um, but to see him with her is just like, you know, that's it. I'm done. That's my dream. So yeah. um, very, very, very excited about that. And just, just buzzing with anticipation. Uh, to to see him, so uh, don't know exactly where we're sitting just yet. Okay, uh, but it doesn't matter. What's cool about this for trivia buffs? Um, I don't remember the specific date, but in 1966, the Beatles made the decision to stop touring. It was just too much of a nightmare. Nobody could hear them anyway, and um, they just were done with it and wanted to spend more time in the studio. There's a million reasons. Um, but the last uh, official concert they ever gave in 1966 was at Candlestick Park in San Francisco. And the night before or two nights before that final show, which also wasn't announced, like they didn't, you know, as you would do it today, you'd say this is our final tour or final performance. They didn't, they didn't announce it. They just decided that was it for touring. Uh, a night or two before that, they played Dodger Stadium in 1966, okay. McCartney hasn't played Dodger Stadium since. Hmm. So this show is the first time he's played since the second to last show the Beatles ever did. Uh, so that should be pretty nostalgic and uh, and cool to see as well. Interesting. Uh, but on that note... Well, I've got a, a Paul McCartney question for yes. you. I really got to find out how much of a fan you are. I know you yeah. talk about him a lot. Uh-huh. You feel like you got a lot of minutia in there. You know, you've talked about, you know, his time with the Beatles and Wings and his solo career. Right. And you, you know, you you try and buy all the sings and the, you know, the the the, the hidden gems. Well, I'm, but he he released a new song. I already feel like I'm going to let the world down here with this. But he released a new song uh, in July, actually. And I'm wondering if you picked up his new single. <laughs> You're either messing with me here or... I'm not messing with you. He released a new... He released this. And I'm going to play a little bit for you. All right, here. please do. And I want you to tell me if you think this is <laughs> like on par with Let It Be and some of the other you know, standards. You're so dicking me around right now. No, no. This is, this is an... I, honest to God, he released this on his website for download on July 24th. Here it is. I'm going to pull it up here. Can you hear it? It's a fun day. And it's happening all around the 
else do you have? Melting polar ice. Melting polar ice. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's sing along. Meat free Monday. That's a fun day. Come on, everybody. No? All right. That's like, that's like, that's like crucifying Francis Ford Coppola for Jack. (laughs) (laughs) And forgetting about the other stuff that he, that he did. You know, there was a time my brother used to say, one of my brothers used to say, you know, guy could write a song about diarrhea and make it catchy. (laughs) <laughs> and it's true. Uh, I did. I did know about this song actually. Um, but yes. he, you know, do you own it? I do not. I do not. Um, you know, he had a. He wrote a, a song once called "Biker Like an Icon." She loved her biker like an icon. Look, no one. I'm going to criticize him as much as that. Like, there's plenty of stuff that he's done throughout the years where I go, "What was he thinking?" Uh, but he's Paul McCartney, and he's he's one of my my heroes. So you're giving him a pass on Meat Free Monday. I'm giving him. I'm. I, I've given him a pass on Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> all <laughs> right. All right. Fair 11 enough. Eleven or twelve years old, going. What is going on? You know that was that was the beginning of the end. What What's great, you know. Well, you know, I'm going to sound like a zealot, but but what's what's really cool for that I think is happening, and I know this sounds totally corny, and I sound like you know Alan Partridge here, but is the reevaluation of his 70s stuff and his stuff with wings. And, you know, I've said this before, by 1976, he did the unthinkable. You know, 10 years after the Beatles stopped touring, he became the biggest act in the world again. And, you know, the, the, that, that wings tour in 76 was, was massive. But so much of his stuff got, got written off for so long. Um, and now they're reissuing a lot of the 70s stuff, the wing stuff, and like double, you know, triple disc collections and things like that, and B-sides and alternative takes and, and so on. Um, and there's some really, really great stuff that he did post-Beatles. And just his voice, you know, if anybody's listening or cares, you know, up until like, sep- like his voice was incredible in the Beatles, but in the 70s, right up until like 79, he could do things with his voice that were just, no one could touch him. Um, live cuts that are just spine chilling. Um, uh, so I love that a lot of that stuff gets reevaluated, like deep album cuts that people forgot about or that, you know, gave them crap about years ago or getting reevaluated. And um, like I said to my wife, I said, you know, regardless, there's, you, you know, sometimes you go to concerts and you go, are they going to play the new stuff? I don't think I know this song. It's going to be a three hour show and you're going to know every song. You know, it's, Everything from his career. Um, very excited about it. I'm, I'm hoping the the second encore is Meat Free Monday, though. You know what? If, that's, if, that's my wish. If it is, I'll clap and sing along. Cause it, Get your lighter out. Because it's still better than 99.9% of the shit that everybody else puts out. He could write a song about getting a mosquito bite and make it better than than everybody else's. All right. So, uh, so, so there. And speaking of, as, as you're deciding to take shots, at the great Paul McCartney. What? You're taking shots. You up, put that out. You picked up the new Weird Al. I did. I'm guessing. Number one album in I America. Did. The number one album in America. Because, you know, that, that, that joke. The first, the first time a comedy album has been number one since, I think, 19... What, what year was it? It was an Alan Sherman one. Well, hopefully, hopefully we're going to have that long to go for the next one. No. Because, you know, that, that whole joke about, you know, 
making, you know, doing a song, just changing the way. Boy, that hasn't gotten old. He's been milking that. For no, 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 hold on. No, you say years. that. But he, he has had the same band this whole time, and they are able to play everything. He has told the same joke for 30 years. He has not told the same people joke. people are still eating it up. Right. I don't get it. God, I'm sure he's. A, I've met him once, and he couldn't have been nicer. And I'm sure he's. He's very nice. I'm sure, he's good to his his family and and you know animals and everything. Uh, it's never been my cup of tea. It was one of those jokes I thought would would run out after the first couple years, but it's still still going. Far more talented than than you give him credit for. Again, nothing to do with talent. He's very talented. It's you know. Do I think it's as as you know? Talented as, as you know, writing an album full of you know new songs and making them hits or catchy or interesting. No, I do think he's talented. Absolutely, I just think it's what's what's amazing to me is that he's gotten. It's like it's more popular or become more fashionable over the years. That always kind of surprised me that it's it was very much a, a jokey thing, almost like a kids kind of jokey thing that he did, and it's become like more popular or more sort of universal i don't know what it is um, did you did you get to see any of the videos that he put out i saw the one for what's the what's the newest one uh he did eight in a row so he did one a day for eight days. oh jesus i couldn't i wouldn't be able to stomach that did you see the I, the word crimes the blurred lines one no i saw the one that was happy okay yes. happy Yes. Because what he did was he took... All right, I'm going to send you the link when we're done for word crimes. And, and I want you to watch that and tell me if he doesn't actually elevate that song what he did to something better. Was he called it tacky? I'm going to... Hold on, I'm going to fire up Meat Free Monday again. Thought of all the and then we'll, we'll hear... Then we'll, tacky. we'll hear clever lyrics, and then we'll hear Meat Free Monday. It's kind of like... That's a fun that song day. did called Eat It, which was yeah. on Beat It. How many years ago yeah. was that? Still, still working that machine. He's still, still that is doing a fun the. Day. Let's, let's that made free money. Uh, yeah, that's the video that I saw, and that was right. that was enough for me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link for word crimes, and I want you to watch it. Yeah. This, so let's move this on. This is the one where he. Let's move on to the, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the, the, wait, hold on. The fantastic word crime, film. Isn't the word crime thing though the one where where he, uh, he, he which is kind of cle- it's clever because he's talking about all the ways that people are misusing the English language, basically. That's See, I did read about that. I thought that was very clever. That was, that was a nice way to use his, his gift, yes. so to speak. Um, Guardians, yes. Oh, maybe we should go back, though. I, I saw Apes as well. We have to go all the way back to Apes? I saw Apes. All right. Oh, man, was that good. Just, but heartbreaking, like... Well, it's supposed to not be. Not something you want to pop in the the machine every week. That's just every single shot in that movie was a visual effect. Uh, that must have been taken forever. Yeah, you know what's remarkable, too, is, is, you know, whenever you see the pictures of, like, the making of, that, I mean, we all know that acting, and it's an illusion, and people, you know, you have to, you know, get into the mindset or whatever, but... It's remarkable enough what, you know, Toby Kebbell and um, Andy Serkis and what they do, but then to be in the scene with them, 
Yeah. And it, when the, knowing that they're wearing headgear and a, and a green leotard and you know going with it and everything, that's amazing too. Uh, great cast. Everybody was great in it. It was so good. And uh, Toby Kebbell was amazing. I thought as the the bad monkey. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Koba. Yeah, man, it was. Now, did you stay all the way through the end credits? I did not. I totally forgot. What? There's something that happened at the end. You said our music. There's an there's an audio cue at the end. So it's a music that, a music cue or just a, no? It is it is a sound effect. Okay. Of sounds like someone that was injured climbing out of something and moving on. Sounds like someone that was injured climbing out of something and moving on. Yes. Is that so? Maybe if someone fell. And we thought they were, they were gone for good. Maybe not so gone. Oh, yeah. Wait. So, are you referring to something that happened in the new film? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? And is that is that backed up? Did you find that out for sure? Well, I, I mean, the, there some people have speculated it could be. I don't want to say too much just because people might not have seen it yet. It's not out on video. Right. But you might be able to find it out there. I'm sure it'll be out on on the popular DVD before Christmas time. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of Guardians, the the sting there, the the post-credits thing, that was on – I saw it the afternoon it came out, right? It came out Friday the 1st. So we saw yep. it late afternoon uh, showing at the uh, Cinerama Dome. But that post-credits thing was online. Oh, yeah. It was online that morning. Oh, it was online two days I before mean, that. But, I mean, an image of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw the whole thing on Wednesday, that, that whole end stand. How does, that, how, does the, how does the physical clip get get put up i don't understand well this was clearly camera phone footage what i saw but they they had left that scene off of all the press screenings uh but the credit for that character was still in the credits so people like did i miss him somewhere is he and so yeah the created by credit was was still in the credits even though the scene was chopped off at the end how fantastic was was guardians oh it was great my, I had a great time. As my pal Brian Heiler said, if if he if he's on, if he if he sees anyone bad mouth in that movie, he's going to unfriend them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is like whatever you think of this stuff or the Marvel stuff or whatever. If you don't dig that movie, if you're somehow let down by Guardians of the Galaxy, you're just you're just trying too hard to be to be angry. Well, but I think, you know, part of the problem, because I have heard some people just kind of like, yeah, it was good. It was all right. But it was it's it's so hyped now because so many people love it that people have such high expectations uh, that aren't necessarily met. But I was not one of those people. I got to see it uh, on a screening on Thursday and thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating that there was actually, you know, there was that great scene before even the Marvel logo came up, you know, before that you're emotionally hooked into the movie. Yes. And which was a new thing for Marvel films. If the if the the trailers hadn't hinted at it enough, such a great soundtrack. Yeah. Like not and not in a in a way that 
I haven't seen in a long time. You know, the, the closest I could think is someone like Tarantino, who really is a, is a, a, a music freak. And, and always said, you know, from, from Reservoir Dogs, like his earliest interviews, um, I can't think of the song, but let's say, you know, uh, Scorsese, you know, Mean Streets in the early 70s. Uh, I forget what song he was referring to, but he was like, you know, once he saw the film or saw the song in that context, he could never think of it that way again. So he said, you know, so unfortunately, anytime someone hears stuck in the middle with you, you know, Steeler's Wheel, <laughs> right, <laughs> you're going to yep. be thinking of that particular scene in Reservoir Dogs. Absolutely. That's the care that he, he takes with music cues. It's not just willy-nilly. It's not just like, let's grab a great tune, throw it in for three seconds as a music cue. It all, you know, is kind of leading to something and well thought out. And I thought that's what this, because I picked up, we, we walked out of there and I went right next door to Amoeba and picked up the, the soundtrack. Even though I yeah. own, already own like, six or seven of the tunes already, I think. But it just the, I just wanted to have, and just the cover's great. It's got like the awesome mixtape thing on the cover. Did you get it on cassette? I did not get it on cassette. <laughs> All um, right. But uh, just, just thought it was just a great movie. And you know, the, the thing that I thought was great too is I can see this, I can see kids really digging this movie too. Yeah, yeah. Like this could really be a you know, huge signifier thing for, you know, for kids where like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this eloquently enough, but you know, Rocket Raccoon could be R2-D2. Like our, our, you remember how R2 was like everywhere and was so cute and everybody oh, yeah. loved R2 and he was, you know, was such a thing. That's what Rocket could be or Groot could end up being, you know, for generations of, of, of kids and everything. Um, I just thought it was just just great. I just I wish I had it on DVD so I could watch. Just even that that scene where they're in the the kiln in the prison and they're just getting their uniforms, and you see Rocket after he's been like hosed down, putting his on. Yeah. Just that that silent scene. Yeah. Packed such a punch. Yeah, and and Bradley Cooper was just great. I remember he was great reading about it the first one. There's enough about really. I mean, like nothing against him, but. That wasn't who I would have thought, but he was just terrific. Uh, just it's funny. My wife and I talked about that after we got out of the movie. It's just like he gets pigeonholed a lot uh, as people just thinking of him like from his hangover role or the A-team or something. Just kind of that pretty face guy. Right. But he's really done some great work in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has. I thought he was great in... Um both the you know uh, silver lining like silver lining yeah the American was American Hustle American Hustle which yep. I, I didn't think was great I just thought it was like eh you know like people just went nuts for it but I thought it was eh thought that he was terrific in it um, yeah. but I think this is one of the best things he's done because there were times where I was like that doesn't even sound like Bradley Cooper yeah yeah he was really giving it his all yeah. um, I just thought it was great and just Chris Pratt I mean. Bravo on that yeah, guy. Yeah, he was, he was everybody. He was just, just terrific in it. And I don't know, he, uh, there was a, a story that came out the other day that he took his costume from the movie, okay. the, the last one, you know, the, the sort of maroon thing. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, well, of course. And he goes, no, the reason I took it was if this movie sort of becomes what we think it's going to become, 
I want to put that costume on and go visit kids in the hospital. Yeah. He said, because I've never had a character that anyone would care about. Like if he showed up, you know, to talk to a sick kid, right. but if it makes some kids day that Peter Quill shows up, he goes, I'll be That's there. All, yeah. That, I read that. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That's, you know, that, you know, guys like that are finding such value in, I mean, you know, I've said it a thousand times and we all say it, but like, Man, what Marvel has pulled off. This is really – I came out of there – as I'm watching and as I, and I came out of there too, the, the thing that was sort of the, the underlying thing that just kept popping in my head was like – and you – see, you – I read comic books as a kid and I liked Marvel. I liked DC, but I was a Marvel kid all the way. Mm-hmm. Like except for Batman, I never read DC stuff. It wasn't – it just – it wasn't that I thought it was crap or anything. I just – Loved the Marvel stuff. Um, it just it hit me in a way. I don't know. And seeing this movie and just all the Marvel stuff that's happened, it's like this is everything that I've dreamed about. This is this is yeah. like being a kid reading a comic book and then that tag at the end going, "Wait till you see next issue," or you know, finish the storyline in a different title or whatever. Picking up that book and going from there. This is it. I mean, this is really happening. Like. We just never thought it was ever going to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, remember how excited we were about TV series? And I'm sure this had to be a long shot in meetings. Oh. Like, no one has heard of this that would greenlight a film. That's, that's the brilliant thing, is how calculated it is being able to think that far ahead and go, well, this is the next phase. And, like, there is such an, there is such an element, a space element to so much of Marvel's stuff um, how are we going to open that, that gateway? You still probably wouldn't have put Guardians at the top of the list. Right. But that's what's so brilliant, is it's like, um, and this is why I've been defending their stuff and always will, where like they, they consciously, whether it's a different director or a different tone, or Winter Soldier being different than the first cap or whatever, they're trying. They're trying different things. Um, and this is, this is about as far as, as they've gotten so far. But there were so many, like, crazy Easter eggs and things introduced in this, too. You know, like Celestials and, you know, the Adam Warlock cocoon. I read a just thing about, crazy stuff. Did you catch the thing, the, the Beta Ray Bill thing that might have been in there? Uh, yeah. I didn't catch that. I, oh. I mean, I didn't catch it until I read about it, but it was like, yeah, shit, yeah. I didn't see that. You know? Um, yeah, no, it's it's really... And then it's already, you know... They've already, you know, said July 2017, right? Is the yeah, yeah, the next one. Um, yep. Yeah, they're really. I just got to say, the people at Warner Brothers. That's the other thing. Speaking of DC and Warner Brothers, I'm reading something about uh, Dawn of Dawn of Justice. Batman's underpants or whatever. Did yes. you read the thing about Kevin Smith talking about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner? By the way, no, you didn't read that. No. Somebody said to him, like, hey, is, is Affleck at Comic-Con? <laughs> and Kevin Smith, who I have nothing personal against. I'm just not a Kevin Smith fan. But he goes, I don't know, man. He goes, uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in decades. And they're like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah. He said, I'm not joking. He said, I, I, I don't talk to Ben. I don't know what's going on. And he said, his wife uh, doesn't like me. He goes, she, <laughs> she is not a fan of me or my stuff. And they're like, what? And, you know, it doesn't take much for Kevin Smith to start 
elaborating, and he said there was he gave an example of some function or something a party wherever they're at, and he was razzing, and he goes, "Affleck's filthy, you know, he's worse than me. His humor and his, you know, is just his language and everything. He he goes dark, man. He's he's worse than I am." And he goes, "I was, you know, like giving him a hard time at this party, whatever it was, and just kept joshing him, and he was kind of taking it." But he says, then suddenly, Jennifer Garner's like, you know, you make one more joke about my husband, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and he's like, and she could do it. You know, yeah. he's like, she's, she could really kick my ass. He's like, so that was it. I, uh, yeah, that would have been well in like the alias right. uh, Electra phase of her life. Yeah. So he's not, uh, he's not friends with Affleck anymore. Uh, yeah, they still communicate over email occasionally and stuff. But, uh, but you know, Ben... Uh, Kevin Smith lives in his old house. Oh, he does? Uh, yeah, he bought his house. I'm sure Jennifer Garner's not very happy about that. But, so anyways, I'm reading all this stuff, and then there's like, oh, here's a you know little mini teaser thing, whatever. And I'm just, oh, Batman versus Superman, Batman versus Superman. And then suddenly I get to the end, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is cool, because this, this is the big pre-Comic-Con for Batman versus Superman. You know, it's going to explode next year. And it's like, Batman versus Superman will come out July, blah, blah. 2016 and I was like what wait a minute haven't they been filming this for like a year already I thought it was coming out next next summer oh no it's it's, it's a year and a half it's two years away it's two yeah. years away yeah yeah what the hell are they doing which is why it was so crazy when they just started teasing all this stuff you know why, why does it take that long to make a Batman versus Superman movie uh, there's also, a lot of Marvel destroyed buildings you know that they got to generate in computers. How come Marvel can do it in like two days and these guys can't get this? It's like another two years. I'm like, shit. But they did, they did have a trailer at Comic-Con that made the place go bananas. It's leaked. uh, And they keep taking it down, but it, you know, it was cool to see. Is that the thing where like Batman shoots a signal up or something and Superman comes down at him or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, it's, it's Batman in the, armor from the end of Dark Knight Returns. Okay. So glowy eyes, and he's on a rooftop, and he walks over to this giant thing covered in a tarp, takes the tarp off, it's the bat signal, flips it on, you see it in the sky, and then it focuses in on where it's shining, and Superman is hovering in the middle of it, and his eyes start glowing. Ooh. Yeah. Now, and that goes, that's the thing I read. With, coming sometime somewhere. That's one of the things I read, is that... Uh, Snyder or whoever is in charge making a very conscious effort to separate this world from the Nolan, Christopher Nolan Batman world, which is smart because yep. it hadn't been that long ago since we just had the Christian Bale Batman. And um, they're saying that the gist is Batman's already been out there doing this for like 20 some years. Yes. So he's a, he's a, a weathered Bruce Wayne, yeah, which is interesting. I'm not sure how much I love that idea. Uh, I like that he's a little, you know, he's a little more weathered, but that he's been at it for so long and Superman's, you know, brand new. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, uh, and again, I'm, I will certainly wait and see. I'm not going to pass judgment, but personally, I wish they had waited to do that kind of storyline until there was more of a relationship established. It was the same problem I had with Star Trek Into Darkness. It was like they didn't earn it yet. I that, some, that friendship and that conflict. We, I think we might have talked about this on, on, on the show. It's, 
that's exactly how I felt. Like, like I can watch Into Darkness, and, and there's a lot of, about it that I like. Uh, as soon as it gets to a certain point, spoilers if no one's seen the freaking thing yet, but as soon as it gets to a certain specific spot, I can pinpoint the very spot, the needle comes off the record for me. Because what yeah. it does is it takes you down this road of goodwill or warmth or feeling or whatever it is that was that was that you're taking it for granted because we know these characters, but it's not the same faces. It's not the world that that, it, that was there years ago when it was happening. That you had that nostalgia coming with it. You watched these guys on television. You knew them. They were older. It meant something. You can't you can't expect us to feel the same way. You know what I mean? It just it just yeah. it was sloppy. It was sloppy. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, for goodness' sake, it built to that thing. They and and the and the overall arc of the movie was, you know, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. I have been and always shall be your friend. I mean, it's all that stuff. Yeah. It was all baked in, and they earned it. Yeah. And this just felt like they went. Remember that thing? We flipped it. Abs- it just it. This, yeah. This was the definition of like fan service but completely backfired yeah like you you couldn't have calculated it worse speaking of now it's alex kurtzman and is it roberto or orchi right those are the guys right yeah now they were writing partners for right. a long long time yes they just uh split up correct amicably far as i know that's what the press release says. So the other guy, there's another guy who is in charge of the Fast and Furious franchise, or who wrote or co-wrote like six of those things. He and Kurtzman have now been given the keys to the Universal Monsters Kingdom. Oh, right. I, I don't know what we've done to deserve this. And the other guy's staying behind and directing Star Trek Three. That's right. Yeah. Or Orchi. 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 Yep. That's right. So yeah, take that, everybody. Um <laughs> but uh if if we could just take a moment, um uh completely off off those topics, um we talk about people that we admire and love or love since we were kids and people that you know pass away and everything. We lost someone uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh Big deal for me. James Garner passed away. Uh, was he 83 or 86? I forget. Uh, I think it was 86, I want to say. Yeah, he, he, he'd been unwell for, for a while. But, man, this is, he just, he's one of the coolest human beings that ever lives in my book. And um, just, just an amazing, amazing career. Television, film, uh, and just a badass. Just a total bat. He was not only effortless in in his acting. He made it so look so easy. You just took for granted how good he was at what he did. Maybe he didn't stretch like a De Niro used to, or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like he didn't. He wasn't method, but he just was wonderful in you know uh, dramas, comedies. Um, greatest single greatest detective uh, in the history of television. Greatest even though it went into the early 80s, greatest show of the 70s, The Rockford Files. Um, so much about, I just, and he was just, he was a badass, you know, he, 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 he I think he got a Purple Heart, or maybe two Purple Hearts, I think. I think he had two, the yeah. Two. Um, yep. 
you know, he marched on Washington for civil rights. Um, he sued the studios, now, yeah. Universal, I think more than once, maybe, because of you know, royalties that were due to him from Rockford. Uh, Against the, the advice of all of his friends. Yeah, thinking... Don't do it. It will end your career. So many bridges, but it was like, no, what's right is right. Um, and he just, I think he won an Emmy for Rockford one year. Um, you know, this is a long time ago when there were three networks. <laughs> People can remember this. Um, Rockford Files, I think, started in 75, and I think it finished in 81. I think it was only ever top 20 three or four times in its entire run. It was, it was a hit show. But it wasn't, you know, a, a, a Seinfeld or a Cheers type hit show. It just was a constant, and it had great writing and uh, just just sh- unbelievably sharp dialogue and just a great character. Uh, you know, Jim Rockford, this detective that, you know, two hundred dollars a day plus expenses. He rarely got paid. <laughs> you know, uh, was you know good with his fists, but uh, you know always in a scrape. Um, so you know, he was a big deal for me and. Huge part of my childhood, watching that show with my dad and my brothers, uh, and and uh, just synonymous with L.A. So many ways yeah. for me. Um, always stopping at a taco stand, you know, the, the car chase. He did a lot of his own driving, you know, in that in that show. He was a big. He and like Paul Newman, they were buddies. He was a big um, big uh, race car driver. Uh, I think the did he do was it Le Mans? I forget which one he did a race car movie he did, but he did a lot of his own stunt driving in Rockford as well. Yeah. He just was a badass. He just was he was just cool. Um, great, amazing voice, one of the greatest voices ever. Uh, and then remember the Polaroid commercials he did with Marriott Hartley? Oh yeah, I mean those totally charming. Like they had to tell people that they weren't really married. Yeah, because they just had such great chemistry. Yeah, and that campaign ran for like four or five years and just. He was just universally loved, I think. I, I met him once. He was very, very Oh, nice. you did? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He was, uh, you know, he was a voice in Atlantis when I was at Disney. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, so I got to got to meet him one time. Yeah. Fact, sweet, sweet guy. I think I have the action figure. I bought the figure just because it was it was Garner. Oh, yeah. As close as we were going to get. We um, eventually got a terrible... Uh, excuse for his car that uh, was a Mattel put out. They do hot. Who does the? Who does? Oh uh, yeah, they did do the hot wheels. Yeah, yeah. It's awful. But we never got like a model kit. We never got anything. Uh, but uh, now, was there something wrong with it, or you just didn't like that it was only a hot? It wheel? was off model. It just wasn't. Oh, it wasn't okay. accurate. Um, but my buddy Brian Heiler is, as we speak, <laughs> uh, as a belated birthday present, is making me. A Rockford Files parachute man. Oh, nice! Like, to go with your Doctor Who. To go with my with my Tom Baker Doctor. Yes, the Doctor Who one. So he's doing a really cool um, version. We'll put pictures up when it's done. Um, but anyway, like dedicate this to James Garner. Uh, rest in yeah. peace. He was uh, yeah, real. They don't make him like that anymore. Kind of guy. He's like a Paul Newman to me. Like just the real deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, just just never took them. You know. So handsome and so charming, everything else, but but never never fed into, never you know, fell for it. They just were themselves. Um, anyway, um, lots of other stuff going on. We saw Guardians. 
We saw we did Comic Con, Superman. I saw the Mad Max trailer, which I'm sure you've seen. That that thing's bonkers. It is nuts. <laughs> you have to watch it about six times. It's nuts. He doesn't say a word. I don't think yeah. in the whole damn thing. Um, and it's it's so when you watch it, it feels like the Road Warrior. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't, and it feels like it's being done by the guy that did the Road Warrior, which it is. Man, yeah. I I remember reading about that movie like four years ago. Easily, yeah. What the hell have they been doing? I don't know. So that looks pretty cool. Uh, well, for a while, it was, he was going to do, that director was going to do the Justice League movie before the writer's That's struck. right, George Miller. Yeah. That's right. Wait, was it him or was it, um, wasn't there a time that it was going to be Wolfgang Peterson? Uh, I think that sounds familiar too, yeah. Because there was going to be like a Justice League movie and Wolfgang Peterson. Back to what you were just saying about the DC thing, I went off topic. Um, are you saying you wish that it, they hadn't rushed to it, like the Star Trek thing? Yes, I do. But that's just it. It's like they're going chop, freaking chop. We got to get a move on because I know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a double edged sword because, of course, we've always wanted to see a theatrical version of you know The Dark Knight Returns. You know, we've always thought that, like, oh my gosh, this is making an incredible movie, but. To lump everything in just feels kind of strange. But, you know, maybe you'll pull it off. I, I have high hopes, but... Speaking of which... Yes. Uh, I was at Comic-Con. Yes. The day uh, I knew it was happening, I was up on the second level of the Entertainment Earth booth, uh, waiting for the cast of Avengers Age of Ultron to walk yes. through, because, you know, where the Entertainment Earth booth is, you can look, you know, you can't see the other side of the Marvel booth, but you can see the madness as it walks through. Well, yeah, you're looking at the back side of their booth, right. which is the big stage and the big Jumbotron and all that. Right. So, um, I got a heads up. I think everybody kind of knew, but it's not like I was keeping track of this. But my wife um, was, you know, dealing with James Spader um, for some other stuff, and then she's like, oh, yeah, at 3.30, this thing is going to happen. So I'm up there at, like, 3.20, looking down. I know exactly where they're going to come from, you know, waiting for this thing. And at like 3.45, the whole cast, and it's like, suddenly it just, you just, from that vantage point, you just see the madness where people are just suddenly realizing what's happening. And the entire cast, I mean, I saw everybody. It was really cool. It was a cool moment to see the entire cast walk through to get to that booth. And then a little bit later, I thought, okay, I'm going to take a break, go back to the hotel. And as I came around the front, there was the Dark Horse booth. And at that booth, Robert Rodriguez, Josh Brolin, and Frank Miller. Oh, wow. Um, or should I say... Frank, Frank Miller does not look should well. should I say the corpse of Frank Miller? Yeah. Was that, what is going on? I know what I've read and what I've heard about Frank Miller, but my goodness. I, I don't know. What, I, what have you heard and read? Because I don't know what that would be. Well, uh, drinking... Okay. Uh, it's pretty well known for many years that um, pretty serious uh, uh, drinking issues. Uh, but some other things that I've heard as well uh, beyond uh, alcohol. Because he's, he's in the movie, and you see him in the extended trailer, and he does not look like that. He looked – I was so shocked – and then I saw some images online, like I you know, did the Google thing, and he's always wearing that fedora, you know, he's always wearing a hat, but he... He, he has no eyebrows. He's hairless. 
Yeah. I mean, and he, he could barely stand up. Uh, really, really shocking. Yeah. Um, uh, although I do think that the, the, the new Sensei looks pretty cool. Um, not a huge fan of the... The best thing about the first one, I think, is Mickey Rourke. I mean, if, if oh, yeah. one of the greatest uh, comics to live-action casting in the history of movies. So perfect. Um, and he was great in it. Um, so I'd see it for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Frank Miller's kind of off his tits for the past several years. And Guillermo del Toro was wandering around. Did you see that? No! What? Uh, he, wa- he went up to the, the NECA booth on preview night. I guess it was right before the show opened. And was, like, talking to Randy and uh, took the, one of the big uh, Jaegers out of the, the, the new one. Took him out of the case and cradled him like a baby and stuff. He was walking around talking to people in Artist Alley, just having a grand old time oh, on preview that's, night. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a true he's a true fanboy. I used to go to you know House of Secrets on Olive and Burp. Sure, yeah. Um, I used to go there a lot, um, and he I, he I met him there a couple times. But one time, the first time I think I saw him there, he was just walking around, and he had this already had a stack of books on the counter. Like you know, two foot tall stack of books, and he must have been. It must have been at the time that he was prepping the Hobbit. Remember that time that he, he spent so much time on the Hobbit, um, yeah. uh, you know, living in uh, in L.A. and everything. Uh, but he was just like just a regular Joe walking around the the comic shop. Um, yeah. Saw that trailer, the new Hobbit trailer. Oh, yep, yep. That looks that looks cool. Uh, Thorin still. They, they announced uh, there's going to be a King Kong prequel. Right? And aren't they just kind of nutty? That the Godzilla, they made the announcement about Godzilla was of like three other monsters mentioned in yep. this thing. And then they got the one Skull Island. Skull Island is the King, King Kong, Kong which yeah. immediately everyone was like, okay, so we're going to have a King Kong versus Godzilla any day now. Could happen. Um, yeah, because that, I mean, we talked about Godzilla, right? We haven't yet, no. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I still haven't. All right, then we won't talk about it. Uh, But the Rift Tracks guys, uh, I think next week, are doing the Matthew Broderick Godzilla in theaters, like the the Sharknado I saw. Gotcha. That should be very funny. God, it was 1997. Yeah. We were were excited about that movie. (laughs) We were. Uh, So the new Hobbit, um, no, I'm sorry, what's it called? The... Five armies doing their thing? Yes, the five ar- armies doing their yeah, thing. Yeah, Thorin still looks like a total douche. <laughs> One of the most unlikable uh, lead characters in moviedom. Guy. Wow. He's pretty unlikable. He's been in two movies now, and you just want to go, shut up, quit your whining. You know? this is You want to go, this is why your kingdom got taken away, because you're a dick. That's why? Yeah. The dragon came and killed his father, and well, the dragon didn't kill his father, but you're a total d bag. Wow, all right. Um, yeah, saw Randy uh, at NECA. We hung out for a bit. Asked him about the Batman. Oh yeah. I'm like, how did you pull that off? Because they liked what we were doing, and it wasn't very. He didn't elaborate too much on on that sort of snuck under the radar. But man, that's a cool looking figure. I really. So in case in case anyone hasn't seen it yet, it uh, they're doing that line of seven-inch figures that are from older video game properties from the 90s. Yeah. They've done a Predator, 
Jason, uh, uh, Freddy, Robocop. and uh, RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. And they're actually doing, they announced they're doing Terminator versus RoboCop uh, in that style. It looks great. But yeah, there was, there was an old Batman game based on the 89 movie. And so they're able to, you know, has kind of a wacky paint job because he was purple in the game. Right. And they're able to do that as a seven-inch figure, and it looks awesome. See, you know, I look at it, and, and I, I love it. I love the aesthetic. I don't even care that it came from the video game. I just love the look of it and the color. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't matter to me that it came from this game necessarily. I just love the – in other words, if they had just decided to come out with that – as a paint scheme, I would I'd probably get it, you know, already. Yeah. But we're getting a, a a seven inch Michael Keaton Batman. I'll tell you what. And then just real quick, they are not able to redo it as a black figure. That is not in their license. But as Randy says, how hard is it to paint the whole thing black? Right. I'll tell you what. That is a movie. Well, both those movies, but mainly the first one. Boy, does it get a lot of shit over the years. People really really rake that thing through the coals. But when it comes time to get a plastic version of that Michael Keaton Batman, people go nuts for it. Yes. I, I don't understand what it is. And on that note, talk about batshit crazy. Have you seen the extended trailer now, the newest trailer for Birdman? Yes. Oh. The, the international. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's just, that looks mental. I have no idea what's going on in this movie. But I think it looks brilliant. I cannot wait to see that thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, that looks that looks crazy. Um, so lots of cool stuff at Comic Con, obviously. Yeah, uh, the Mezco doing those six inch Dark Knight Returns Batman look amazing. Oh my! Did you get to see those? Yeah, those are super cool. That is a, yeah. that is a big announcement. I think that's a really cool, really cool announcement. Uh, and they get to, you know, they also, in their press release, said they have Judge Dredd and Universal Monsters for that sort of thing. Now, is that Judge Dredd comic book, Judge Dredd? I think it is. Okay. I'll get him. I'll totally get him. Yeah. I have the, who did the one, who did the Judge Dredd, did a Judge Dredd and a Judge, well, first off, there were ones that were done way back, uh, the 2008. Those little, like, four-inch ones? Or three well, there inch? was those for the movie, but there were ones that were done... That were that were like you know six inch figures that were done. I can't think of the company. And then years later, well, Toy Biz did the other ones. Toy Biz, the six inch, yeah. After after they lost the Marvel license to Hasbro, they did their Legendary Heroes. Yes. But, yeah. Okay, but before that, there was a range that was done that had um, I think it had. Dread, uh, uh, Johnny Alpha, um, Judge Death. I can't think of the name of the company though, but I thought it was a UK company. It was a, it was a short run, and then this is this is after the movie. So the movie was the first range of stuff, which was weird because remember that was that Tonka? Who the hell did that? Well, there there were. Are you talking about the little two packs? Okay, first the movie the movie came out. There were those little two packs. Of those little, like, two-inch tall figures. Which were more comic-based. Right. They, had a they bunch tied of into the yeah. film that they were comic-based. Yeah. And and then there was a range that was done, I thought, by a U.K. company, 
which which was like a two the, the comic book 2000 AD. It was basically like under that umbrella 2000 AD, and then many years after that, uh, what was it called? Legendary Heroes or something? Yeah. Then there was that, and then it had like um, what was the what was the comic that um, with the with the girl and the monkey? Oh, uh, that was the the builder figure, the Monkey Man and O'Brien. Monkey Man and O'Brien was that it? Yeah, there was a girl. She was a girl though. Yeah, the red the red headed girl, and then the big monkey wearing the vest with glasses. Right, they were in, yeah. they were in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the toy. Was Madman in it too? Madman was in it. Yep. Yeah, and then just a couple of variations of Madman. Judge Dread. Yeah. Judge Death. I think there was a variant of Judge Death. There was a yeah clear variant that hung on the pegs forever. Yes, that's right. Uh, Pit was the Build-A-Figure for the second wave, that giant pit. Right. Uh, I think, wasn't there a Savage Dragon in it? Yes, there was. In that line? And then there was another two-pack of that little cheerleader and the big killer with the smiley face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, now what's going on with this, uh, (laughs) what's going on with, I can't think of the name of the company, but remember the guy... That was doing that did like Dick Tracy uh, a couple years ago. It was like a black and white Dick Tracy at Comic Con. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fill me. Tell me. Give me the lowdown. Uh, we'll do that off the air because I don't want to get a letter from his fake lawyer. <laughs> well, can't you just can't you tell me the name of the new company now that there was going they, they had the Tick and they had the Max and all these things. Yes. Was, well, what's the name of that company? His old company was Shocker. Shocker. Shocker Toys. Uh, it is Jeff Beckett. He had a big so his his new toy company is JBJR Toys, as in Jeff Beckett Jr. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I I don't know. He's he's running a some kind of rocket hub thing now for fund the next wave of Golden Age figures or something. <laughs> he's doing. Wasn't he doing stuffed toys for a while too, or something? He tried to do that. Yeah, he he tried to do stuffed mallows on Kickstarter, and it did not fund. Mallows, that's right. And then he tried doing Kickstarter, I think, for Wave 1 of his whatever indie spotlight thing, and it didn't fund either. And I think he said, I don't know, I think he said he got reported or someone came after him or something got him kicked off Kickstarter. So I went to Rocket Hub for the next thing, and it sat there for months, and eventually funded, I guess, and that's how he was able to get a couple of the other figures out. And I don't know he had a Comic Con exclusive of the Tick figure that he had previously released, but with another accessory. It had like a spoon and a and and a human-sized T-shirt you could wear. But I thought, didn't this new Tick have the little Viewmaster thing around his neck too? That was new. Yeah, but it, did that was was that not in the old one? I don't think so. Cause I, actually, I find it hard to believe he opened up the packages and put those in. I actually bought the tick from a year or two ago. Okay. I think because it was a, the first time you got like a. That was the only figure he was able to release from that line multi, back in the day. A multi posable tick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just dumbfounded because I know firsthand <laughs> the madness of licensing and what it takes to do such things, and I'm just speechless that um, such activity has gone on for as long as it, uh, as it has. Yes. There's a lot more to say that I can say later when we talk. All right. Well, we'll... we'll, um, we'll... But there's plenty of other people are saying on the Internet. So if you really want to know, just do a Google search. Check out the Internet. 
Yes. Uh, I'll tell you something that's cool. Tell me. That uh, I kind of, you know, patted myself on the back. Um, remember when I was talking about how much I am admiring the Guardians of the Galaxy toy line and the little two-inch figures and stuff? Yeah. And just what a cool, fun idea. And I got the ships because I really dug the look of the ships. Now, I don't know how dead on they were to the comic, but I remember saying they reminded me, especially the um, the Nova Corps, the yellow ship, yep. how it reminded me of Chris Foss. Right. Well, did you know that that James Gunn got him to do design for the movie? I did know that. I yes. did not know that. I just read that like a week ago, and I was like, well, no wonder oh. it they look so cool. Chris Tolman actually like texted that to me after he listened to that episode and goes, there's a reason why Lindsay thinks it looks so much like his stuff. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's what a great idea. And on that note... Did you get the, the bad guy ship? I got the bad guy ship? Yeah. Well, I got, there's a third ship out. I got all three but, ships. I got the, I got the Milano. Yeah. I got Rocket's ship. And yep. I got the, the, I thought it was a no, the yellow, black, and yellow one. Oh, no, there's, the, there's a fourth. There ship. is? It's the, yeah. What? It's the thing that the little faceless bad guys flew around in that has the little flappy wings. Kind of looks like a pine cone with wings. There's another ship. Yeah, but I've heard it's only available on Amazon right now, uh-huh. and it comes with another one of those figures. Oh, so. All right, I'm going to Amazon. I forget what those guys are called now, even though I bought the Minimate of them today. I'm running over to Amazon. The Skrillex, is that what they were? Uh, that sounds about right. I think, it's, Something like I think that. he's a DJ. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to check that out right away. Um, I also saw the Jodorowsky Dune documentary. Oh, i got to see oh, that. Oh, man. I'm dying to see that. Man, oh, man. What a... What a great documentary. Don't want to give anything away, but wow. It's one of those, you know, people talk about documentaries or movies, and they go, wow, it's really something. It really is. It's, it's, uh, it's mental. <laughs> I've read loads of stuff about that movie, you know, yeah. making of it. Um, hearing it firsthand from him and seeing these images and just – you can't describe just how mental – this thing would have been. Uh, had it happened, it would have been just one of the most bizarre films ever made. But very interesting movie, so I, I can't recommend uh, recommend that enough. Uh, and Chris Boss is in it. He uh, mm. talks to the camera. Um, what else you got? Uh, well, the, the two other things that I saw at Comic-Con that I'm really interested in, one is the, the McFarlane... Uh, Lego sets, the construction sets. Very interesting idea. The, is Walking Dead, right? Isn't that? He's, uh, well, Walking Dead is the first one, yeah. Right. Uh, and he's got, you know, he's talking about, but it's just, it was interesting just in the fact, I, I went to a, a sort of press conference with him and he was talking about no one's ever sort of taken this to the next level. Like there's adults that collect Lego, certainly, but no one's ever gone, you know what? You can still have the construction stuff, but here's the art on top of it, where you can't see all the little nubs and, and stuff. You can still build things and have fun, but when you're done, it doesn't look like a toy necessarily. And that's just kind of an interesting idea that I'm, I'm a little surprised no one's come up with yet. Okay. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how the rest of that is, is executed and uh, 
but yeah, just it, it looks good in person. I think it's uh, I'm sure it's kind of a hard sell to retailers unless they see it because when you just look at it, you know, sitting there in a display, it does not look like you know, construction stuff. Mm. So but that was interesting and then uh Toynami uh we know that they've been they got the license to Shogun Warriors but they were not able to put out any of the previous characters because they don't have the licensing to, to that. So there was sort of no hope for that. But they did get a Godzilla license, and they are doing a, uh, a classic movie Godzilla Shogun Warrior, and it looks great. Isn't it kind and of it's just, got all the same... It's got the wheels on the feet. It's got a shooting fist. Yeah. It's going to have push the lever and the fire comes out of his mouth. So it's 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 like a because I saw it was gray, was unpainted. Correct. It's like a, a, a redo of the one from seventy seven, seventy eight, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a Rodan too, wasn't there? Uh, that was not. It was also made by Mattel around the same time, and it looked similar in a box, but it was not labeled as a Shogun Warrior. It was like. World's Greatest Monsters okay. or something. That, so it's kind of a, a cousin to the Shogun Warriors. Isn't that thing like one of the most impossible things to find? Uh, you can actually find them quite a bit. Finding them intact or in a box is trickier, but uh, I actually see quite a few of them on eBay. Yeah, I had, um, you know, it's that, that black hole of, of toys that uh, you don't know what mom, what happened to them, what mom did with them, but I had uh, Great Mazinga, I had Dragoon, and I had... Uh, Godzilla. Oh, and I had and yep. I kept the boxes because I loved them so much that I put them to sleep. You know, each night went back in their little their, in, the, in their box with all their bits. Nice. Uh, no idea where they went, what happened to them. But uh, I I I had same thing. I had the original Mazinga that you could still take the spaceship out of his head because later releases didn't have that, and had the full V. Later releases had it molded to the chest instead of a separate piece. Uh, I had Dragoon, Raideen, and Godzilla, and I played with them until they broke down to their periodic elements. You know what else? I mean, I, I had, destroyed Did you them. have any of the die-cast ones, the small ones? Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had, uh, I still have, that, that somehow I managed, I still have the Dragoon, and I had another one that had like a, a spin saw arm. I don't know what happened to him, but I also, well, the one thing I do have in the box there was a ship called a Solar Saucer. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And it was a like a saucer, die cast in plastic, and then it had these two wings that folded up, and then when you you know folded them down, that's where the missiles came out of. Uh, I still have that, and in in the middle of it, it shot out a mini Shogun Warrior. Oh, cool. Uh, I still have that in the box. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I had two of the five inch die cast. I had Mazinga and Dragoon. I still have those, and then I had Mazinga and Dragoon in the three-inch diecast too. And then uh, for my birthday, Danny Newman got me two of the other three-inch diecast. Oh, so yeah, look at that, good old Danny Newman. Yeah, always coming through for you. Um, speaking of uh, Danny Newman, yes, and cosplay. Yeah. Did you happen to see the kids dressed as Guardians of the Galaxy at Comic Con? Uh, there were many of them, but are you talking about the talking about two kids as comic book Rocket <laughs> yes. and Star-Lord? Yeah. And was a, I was at the Marvel booth talking with Jesse Falcon when they were and there. And there was a group walking around. 
Uh, there was a fantastic group. Unbelievable group. Yeah. Uh, I saw that group. The group was actually short, and I think it might have been a girl. But I saw the group uh, next to a guy dressed as Ant-Man, and Ant-Man was about two feet taller. And I was like, well, that, that could actually work. <laughs> shrink and grow. So. Those two, those kids, though, the kid, Star-Lord and the Rocket Raccoon, were unbelievable. They were fantastic. And they got so into it, and people were taking pictures. Like, they were just, like, so into the posing and stuff. Uh, it was very cool. What would, I'd say those were the best costumes I saw at Comic-Con, although there was another person walking around as a freaking, like, a Shogun warrior. Did you happen to see it? It was, like, white. I don't think I saw it that. It was, like, white, like, a white and orange robot with big wings, and it was amazing. Like, he could only go, like, you know, you know, a mile an hour. Like, he just could barely move in this thing. Right. Uh, it was amazing. It was really, really well done. Um, yeah, I saw some impressive costumes, but it didn't feel like I saw as many costumes this year as last year. Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. But why do they stop traffic? It can get... Yes, they do. Like, shit, no wonder everybody's so backed up. And I saw... There was a Chewbacca walking around on stilts. Oh, Yeah. And he stunk so bad. He had these two other guys with him that were kind of trying to do crowd control and would yell, walking carpet coming through, clear the aisles, right. you know, but, oh, man, if you got anywhere near that, he was clearing the aisles all on his own but just because you did not want to be next to could him. Could that have been method and just getting into character? Yeah. Just being stinky? Yeah, I'm guessing Wookiees, you know, their natural scent might be a little... Yeah, maybe it's hard to take. And, and and while we're on the subject, and I want to make this uh, very clear to the world, uh, I don't care how this sounds. You know what? Not everything is cool, okay? You know, just because three people are walking around dressed as Power Rangers doesn't mean you need to take a picture of it. I don't care how old we are. Not 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 everything is even has like an ironic you know cool factor to it. So suddenly people are stopping like it's they're they're Power Rangers for Christ's sake. They're not cool. Let's just but, but here's the thing, and we had this discussion, uh, Abby and I, I think I had it with a couple other people, too. There's a, there are people at Comic-Con every single day that is their very first time in that building ever. And they are walking the floor with their mouths open, looking at everything, not paying attention to where they're going. And we all remember the first time we got there. And it's crazy. It doesn't help us get to where we're going any faster because they're all over the place. But there is, I mean, you can see that sense of wonder and disbelief on these people's faces Well, where, oh my gosh, I've never been with this many of my fellow, you know, whatever fans. Well, someone also said, actually two different people said this to me, that they were the the first timers. And they said this within the first, you know, 30 seconds of saying what their impression of Comic-Con was. They said, and everyone's having such a good time. Everyone's yeah. everyone's so nice, and it really is true. Like, except for security. Except for security, and boy, I saw one guy coming through with like a mini suitcase. He was right near the right in front of our one of our display cases, the Entertainment Earth booth, and he plowed into this woman. This woman had to be in her early sixties with with her husband. He plowed into her so hard, and I just caught a glimpse of it. And he was like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and he kept. And she was like, "Ah," and the husband was going to kill this guy, but he kept, he was moving so fast. She started to cry. Like she put her hand up to her mouth because oh, he must've hit her so hard in the chest. 
and she just stopped and like put her face up against our display case and she just had her hand on her face and he was just fuming, you know, like and the guy just kept kept going, but it was it was tough. Um yes, and everybody's having a good time and isn't it great that we're on the same spot. Still, let's not all stop and take pictures of the freaking Power Rangers cuz they're not cool. And they've what if they've never seen a, a live action Power well, Rangers? They need around. to get out more and uh don't ruin my Comic-Con. How's that? Um all right. On that note, we should probably wrap this up cuz it's late and um you know, you've got to get to the isn't tomorrow the morning you go down to the soup kitchen again and It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been I've been stewing tomatoes all night yeah. in preparation. Tomorrow's you're in charge of the toast tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to keep you up. Anything else you want to Oh, I do want to say one quick thing. Uh in the toot your own horn uh department. Um I don't know have we talked about this since the announcement about Flash Gordon? No, we haven't. All it, right. it came out two days after we recorded the last episode. It's official now. The world has, has seen it. You've been sitting on it for a while because I told you about it a while ago. I'm very excited. Biff Bang Pow is back, uh, heading back to Mongo. We are, are doing uh, a line of merchandise for Flash Gordon, the movie, one of my favorite things. Yes. And I couldn't be more excited. Uh, three and three quarter inch figures, journals, tins, drinkware, license plate frames, you name it. Am I going to get a license plate frame that says, Go Flash Go? You might. Just All might. Right. Or it's going to say, Flash Ah, something along those lines. Play the same board. So I'm very, very, very excited. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're if you're if you if you're digging what we're doing with Twilight Zone, um, that that range of of action figures, that style, then yep. you're gonna you're gonna love what we're gonna do with Flash Gordon. I picked up the Twilight Zone figures. Oh, you did. That's, yep. Oh, that's nice. Part of my haul. Do uh, you want to tell us a few things in your haul before we say goodbye? Oh, gee whiz. Uh, so I got, you know, from Hasbro, I got ROM. I got the Infinity Gauntlet Marvel Universe set. I got the Marvel Legends set. I got the Jabba. Uh, let's see. I got the the uh, Predator from NECA. I got, I already said, the Alien playset and the four aliens. Um, what else? Boy, I got a, a lot of stuff. You know what I got? And I Tell give me. a little shout out here to our pal Cornboy. Uh it was great to see him. Uh such a such a sweet guy. And yes. such a big fan of the show. I don't know why, but he just loves our show. And um, you know, great to see him. Got a nice big handshake and hearty hug. And I picked up a couple of the uh Power Lords. Oh great. Those are fantastic. I love those. Beautiful figures. Yeah. I picked up uh Adam Power. Uh, yep. the the orange version, uh, yep. and I picked up uh, four armed grip griptog. That's griptog. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh Picked those up. Uh, and oh, and on, on that note, I, he goes, he goes, oh, you haven't seen these? He said, I said, no. He goes, you know, I sent some to Pickett. He didn't share them with you. I said, no. He goes, that guy doesn't share anything. I said, no. I know he doesn't. I know. I think that's because we haven't actually seen each other in over a year. Could be true, but uh, but he said that. So I think um, next batch of stuff uh, he sends belongs to me. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of what all I got. 
I got the uh, Walking Dead Ezekiel figure. I got the Walking Dead Mini Mates. I got the Transformers Cybertron Creo uh, uh, set. I got the Sons of Anarchy figure. I got the Breaking Bad figure. Uh, I got the couple of the Planet of the Apes guys. I bought a second set of the, the Super 7 Aliens. I got the Bearbrick 2 Superpower guys that were there. I got the X-Men Minimate set. I got the Arkham City uh, Hallmark ornament. I got one of the Alex Ross sketchbooks. I got uh, both the giveaway Ninja Turtles from DST. I got the 8-inch Bluntman and Chronic. I got... Uh, what else? Oh, I got the four Ninja Turtles from the movie. I got the Big Bang Theory uh, Sheldon. I got the Glow in the Dark Game of Thrones White Walker. I got the Funko Pop uh, Luke and Wampa set. And uh, I got uh, like a I got a T-shirt that I won at the DST uh, panel, and I got a signed Spawn Mobile Hot Wheel from Todd McFarlane. Damn. Oh, and I got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight uh, of the Scribble Knots series two. Damn. Yep. That's a that's a pretty good haul. <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give my list of coolest moments. Comic Con. You always meet people. I was in the elevator with Todd McFarlane, for example. Just mm-hmm. just random weirdness like that. And um, but two of the coolest moments. Uh, at the Entertainment Earth booth, we had, you know, they had some signings. Um, met Jason Mewes. It was nice to, you know, meet him. I'm not, again, I'm not a fan, whatever. That was cool. But for Penny Dreadful. Did you tell him you're not a fan? Yeah. But uh, Penny Dreadful, you know, we have the, the license with Showtime. Yep. And uh, some of the cast were there. Met Josh Hartnett, who is from St. Paul, Minnesota. Hmm. Where I'm from. So we got to chatting. Yep. And I said, where did you go to school? And he said, well, I went to Creighton, Durham. Uh, but then, I, then he said, I graduated. I forget where he graduated from. And I said, oh, you went to Creighton? He said, yeah, why? And I said, well, I went to St. Thomas Academy. And he just took this second. He looked at me and said, ooh, we're rivals. You do know that. He said, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so that was kind of cool that we went to rival uh, high schools. Couldn't have been nicer. I mean, he loves – I like Minnesota, and I've got a lot of affection. He loves Minnesota. Like, okay. he could, you know – Never leave. Um, the other thing was was John uh, Logan, uh, creator of Penny Dreadful, wrote Skyfall. Uh-huh. Um, met him at the Penny Dreadful party. We got, you know, a good fifteen minutes, you know, chatting and stuff. And he's a big geek, loves our stuff. He's so excited about it. And he said, he said, so you would be the right guy to talk to about getting toys made for movies that I love that nothing's been made for. And I said, <laughs> well, I can try. And he said, Westworld. I want, oh, yeah. I want a Westworld, the uh, Yul Brenner, the gunslinger from Westworld. Yep. Um, and uh, I had to mention Timothy Dalton to him. What a fan I am of Timothy Dalton. He said, he said, such a gentleman. He said, he's everything James Bond is. He's just a, a gentleman and he's no nonsense and it's just a joy to work with him all the time. Oh, but nice. that was really cool. It was just cool to meet, to meet Logan. We talked about Bond and stuff. And like, he's the, He's the keeper of the keys right now for Bond, so that yeah. was really cool. Um, and a few, a few other you know, fun little things that happened that uh, we'll maybe save for future 
future episodes. But uh, one one last shout out yes. I want to give. Uh, I got to meet one of our listeners uh, that is uh, of some acclaim. Finally got to meet Art Balthazar. Oh yeah, artist. Yeah, he was he was like texting me or uh, contacting me through Twitter, like, oh, we got to meet. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and stuff. And uh, he won an Eisner Award at the at the show for his Little Hellboy comic. Oh right, so I saw that. Have, you posted that. Yeah, so we have an Eisner Award winner. That's a listener. Wow. So congratulations! It was great to meet him. Super, super nice guy. That's a big deal, winning an Eisner. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. That is really cool. So I want to give him a shout out. It was great to get to talk to him for a few minutes and stuff. So. I think maybe. Um, Maybe a couple uh, signed copies of Little Hellboy would be, uh, you know, appreciated. I mean, if you know, if he's got the time. All right. But All he right. is an Eisner Award. That's a big deal. Congratulations. That is, that a big is deal. really cool. And yes. Thank you for listening. That's uh, wow. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Very very cool. Uh, it's just great to get to meet people like that, you know. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, I met uh, someone. <laughs> it's, You've met someone. Yes, um, <laughs> oh, does your wife know? <laughs> not yet. Uh, Caesar uh, Zamora is it? Did I say that? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, he was dressed as uh, Doctor Venkman in full okay. gear. No, no proton pack. Right. But uh, he pulled me aside and told me that I uh, mispronounced the word episode. <laughs> he says I should say it episode, which I'll yes. try to do from now on. Um, and yeah, if I have to say NECA, you have to say episode. Right. Uh, and he, but he, he found me right near the actually near the Entertainment Earth booth, and he was going on about how much he loves the show and everything. And so there's a shout out to you there, uh, Caesar, even though you made fun of me. Yeah, he's a he's a fairly recent Los Angeles transplant. He said that, and he's he's yeah. getting into the voiceover world. Yep. Uh, and he doesn't he write for AFI? Doesn't he? Does yeah. Uh huh. Right. That's how I knew his last name. One of one of the men of action. Men of action. So there you go. That was uh, this was supposed to be like an hour long episode, but there you go. It's an hour and a half. That's ninety minutes of Comic Con goodness. Hour and a half. Eat it up, everybody. I'm going over to uh, to Amazon right now, looking for that ship. Oh yeah, and I'm going to post links. Uh, you can see all the pictures that I took at Comic Con. Uh, we'll have some more videos up soon of some of the panels and stuff. And uh, yeah. And I'm going to send you a link to the Weird Al video. Not, so, not, eat it. Not, a big deal. <laughs> not, not, not necessary. Oh, can I just say one more thing? Nope. Uh, Good night, everyone. Saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh. Holy macaroni. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Marvel can get it so right and in the hands of others, uh, characters can be gotten so wrong. I don't Did you hear that Marvel just got back uh, Punisher? Uh, who else did they get? Punisher, Ghost Rider, and why can't I think of the other one? No, I can't think. I of did it not. But all I'm going to say is, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two made Steel look like Casablanca. Oh golly, that's 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 about the best review I could possibly give. All right. And uh, I'm going to say goodnight. All right, then. All righty. Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a good week. We'll talk at you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.
shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.